It is Sunday, May the 26th, Memorial Weekend, and we're talking AHA. No, fuck those motherfuckers, we ain't talking AHA. Fucking bunch of fucking assholes. Take on me. Eat my balls, you fucking assholes. We are talking Lemmy, and we're pretty much we're talking about uh, what happened after the Ace of Spades and um, some other shit. We got a lot okay. of shit uh, we're going to cover. Um, I watched the documentary yesterday. The Lemmy documentary, yeah. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. So, how's everybody doing today? I'm severely hungover. You saw me last night. Yeah. I was lumped up. I was fucked up, too. Uh, there's, 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 there's no shame in my game. I got fucking whacked. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got up early to bring you guys all this good information. Can I tell you that I got up at 5.30 in the morning and watched the documentary? So, from 5 to 2, from 5 to 7, you watching it? I was watching it. Wow. <laughs> hey, that's devotion, man. That's good. That's good. So, all right. So... Where we left off last week was with the Ace of Spades album, and that was Motorhead's biggest album to that point. Uh, really, uh, they, they, after that, everything kind of took off for them. By 81, they uh, collaborated with Girl School, okay, and they put out an EP called St. Valentine's Day Massacre, and they also recorded their first live album called No Sleep Till Hammersmith, which to me is one of the greatest live albums by anybody ever. Okay, really captured them at that moment. It was the original, you know, classic three-piece lineup, Fast Eddie Clark, Filthy Animal Taylor, and Lemmy. Uh, but you know what, the documentary was pretty much like the last group, and I thought Mickey D and uh, no, no, what is it, Phil Campbell, I they love, sound... I love that lineup too. They sounded fucking we're gonna, great, We're going to get into that today because I, there wasn't a period that they were more prolific than that, okay? Yeah, they made a lot of albums in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. But um, April 83 comes along, and they put out the follow-up to uh, Ace of Spades called Iron Fist. And that did very well. Got to number number, number uh, 29 in the UK charts as an album. They also got to tour with Ozzy, the Blizzard of Oz tour, and they, that's when America really got their first glimpse of Motorhead. Yeah. All right? So they had already been around for... Uh, almost eight years pretty much and they hadn't done anything big in America but following Ace of Spades and Iron Fist they got a little more distribution and they being on tour with Ozzy you know definitely yeah, I, you know, I, I, Ozzy was saying that they were harder than uh, Iron Maiden <laughs> and um no one played harder than Motorhead as far saying, as I'm concerned they were harder yeah. and uh, that, that was the rock and roll like we're Motorhead and we play fucking rock and roll. That's, that's <laughs> wow. it. He didn't say punk, he didn't say heavy metal, just rock and roll. roll. Okay. Um, they were on tour, like I said, with Ozzy in America. And when they got to the Palladium here in New York in May, there was a little problem. Uh, turned out to be May 14th. That was, that was Fast Eddie's last show with the band. Fast Eddie was pissed off because Lemmy did a single duet with uh, Wendy Williams from the Plasmatics, a cover of Stand By Your Man, okay, the old Tammy Wynette song. Yeah. And uh, I think it's great, but Fast Eddie was like, this is fucking stupid, I'm not playing on this, and he, uh, he was against doing it, and the fact that Lemmy put it out, he left, he left the band over. Which, years later, I think he says it in the documentary, or I might have read it somewhere, I think it's in the Lemmy documentary, where he, he says, you know, that was a fucking mistake. It was a big mistake. Because really, I mean, what he did after that, he was in a band called Fastway for a little while, but he really didn't do Never much after did that. They, they, they interviewed him in a document, too. Yeah. Well, so, Ed, Fast Eddie leaves, and 
Now they're, they're on the lookout for uh, a new guitarist. Um, they were kind of left in the lurch on the yeah. tour. So um, they had to you know, reach out to some people. Motorhead was always very good friends with Thin Lizzy. And Brian Robinson played guitar for that band, and he decided, yeah, I'll, I'll help you out. I'll fill in on the rest of the tour, which uh, worked out very well. And um, uh, they finished the tour. They went back into the studio with Brian, and they recorded the album called Another Perfect Day. Now, this album, I got to specifically mention because it, 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 to me, it's, it's one of their most... Uh, different sounding kind of Motorhead albums. There's really no, no other Motorhead album that sounds like it. And that's because Brian Robinson's playing uh, was very different than Fast Eddie's. But I think it's a great album. And it, it's kind of like over the years, uh, when it first came out, it wasn't that well received. Uh, a lot of Motorhead fans just felt maybe it wasn't heavy enough or just something was different about the sound. But I like that album. I mean, there was a song called Shine on there that was released as a single. Uh, a song called I Got Mine. And um, they, you know, they toured behind that album. Uh, didn't really do that great, but, you know, they were still out there doing their thing. The only problem was Brian Robinson, once he made that album... It, it became clear he really couldn't fit in with the band. Yeah, that, he, that he, was that was the thing that, yeah, that he, sound was so. The sound, the sound, the sound was good. It's just that he he would go on stage wearing fucking shorts. Okay, now you can't let picture that. Everybody in the band Motorhead, and he comes out in shorts and ballet slippers. Okay, so you know it didn't work. Okay. Uh, he decides to leave the band in November of, of, of 83. So he was really only in the band for six months or something, something like that. Um, he also he refused to do older material, too, which was, yeah, I mean, he they had to do stuff from Bomber, stuff yeah. from Overkill, Overkill, the first album. He, he didn't want to do anything before Ace of Spades. So it was, you know, and he wanted to do everything off the Another Perfect Day album. So it was a problem. Yeah, it was a problem. Um, Years later, uh, for a lot of years, they, they do, didn't even do songs from that album live. But finally, they, they started to recognize it as a, as a good album. And in the later years with Motorhead, when I got to see them, they would throw in a song here or there from it, which I thought was cool. They should have redone the whole album. <laughs> Sorry for this album, we're doing it with this that's, lineup. That's a thought. Yeah, you probably could have. Um, anyway, so... Now, Brian Robinson leaves, they're stuck again without a guitarist. They decided to go in a little bit of a different direction. They were always a three-piece. They decided to pick up two guitar players. They got Wurzel and Phil Campbell. Both of them were pretty much unknown. Phil had a band. I don't think Wurzel ever had really anything big before that. Um, they decided to go with this, this two-guitar lineup, which changed the sound a little bit, but... Not, not a lot. I mean, you know, they, they went out and they got, uh, they were still playing with, with Filthy Animal, but he would leave by February of 84, so now they needed a drummer. Drummer, okay. Wow. And they ended up getting um, Pete Gill from Saxon, who they had played on tour with many times. Yeah. Uh, and he was a perfect fit. Yeah. So within a, a year and a half now, between the Iron Fist tour in America and all that with Ozzy, into February of 84, a little more than a year, it was a totally different band. Yeah. A totally different band. They had yeah. one album out in between, another perfect day, but it was really just Lemmy and all new guys. Yeah. Okay? So a lot of people didn't know what the fuck was going to happen at that point. They, you know, some fans were like, oh, we don't like this lineup. Some did. But, you know, Lemmy didn't bother Lemmy. He did what he wanted to do. Yeah. 
But they decided to put out a single um, song called Killed by Death. Killed by right? Death. And it was for the No Remorse uh, double greatest hits album that was going to come out. And I remember when this album came out, it was great. It had like a imitation leather jacket, okay, as the cover. And uh, it, it looked like real leather, but it wasn't. And uh, you know, the sleeve would come out, and the record would come ahead, just like motorhead with the big iron bore on the front. I mean, it was fucking <laughs> yeah. great, you know? So they, they needed to have one new song, so everybody at least would buy the record. So that turned out to be Killed by Death, which is one of the most classic motorhead yeah. songs there is. Um, and it was with that new lineup. So it really, you know, it showed the world that they were back. They weren't, you know, pushing out. They weren't, you know, they were definitely back. And um, No Remorse sold very well. It got to number 14 in the UK. Uh, but they were going to work on a new album. August 9th, 1984, they released Orgasmatron with this new lineup. Okay? Uh, Filthy Animal had left, like I said. Pete Gill, Phil Campbell, Wurzel, and Lemmy. Uh, Orgasmatron would get to number 21. Touring constantly at this time. They were all over Europe, uh, I believe parts of Asia, Australia, yeah. uh, Japan they were getting to, they were, they were getting big there. Uh, they were playing North America again, uh, a, lot of, a lot in Europe that year. Um, between 84 and 87, they didn't release any new material, but like I said, they were on tour the whole time. Uh, but Lemmy made a, a part in a movie. He landed a part in a movie called Eat the Rich. Do you remember this film? No. Okay, it was it was a British comedy, uh, in the in the vein of kind of like a Monty Python type thing. Yeah. You know, it was it was it was good. Like a and, fish called Wando or something. Yeah, like that, that kind of shit. You know, and uh, let me wrote a song called "Eat the Rich." Eat the Rich, yeah. Which which ended up being on the rock and roll album that came out in September of '87. Yeah. Uh, on this album, uh, Pete Gill had left, and. Filthy Animal came back. Okay, so now you got Filthy Animal, Wurzel, Phil Campbell, and Lemmy on that album. Uh, great shit on that album. I, you know, I saw them on that tour. Uh, they were amazing. Um, you had the title track, Rock and Roll, Eat the Rich. Um, shit, what, that one song about America, uh, Stone Deaf in the USA. That's it. Great song. Song called The Wolf. Amazing, amazing album. Um, between 87 and 90, they were touring constantly, and then in 1990, they got a new record deal with uh, Epic WTG label, and uh, they recorded the 1916 album out in Los Angeles. Now, at this point, uh, they were going to relocate to America, so Lemmy and the boys moved to L.A., and uh, they recorded this album. Originally, they were going to get Ed Stasium, who had produced a lot of Ramon stuff, and... Uh, he was tried out, he'd done some mixes, and there was a big fight because he did a version of, um, they did the, the song on that album called Going to Brazil, and uh, they were working on it. And it turned out, like, let me listen to the mix one day, and uh, Ed Stasium had added all these, like, cymbals and tambourines and stuff into the song. And he, he let me was like, fuck that, this is not how we want to sound, you're fired. So he was released. Now, Ed, Ed had said later on that he actually quit, that he didn't get fired, and he quit over the fact that the amount of speed that Lemmy was doing and drinking, that he just like couldn't work with the guy. 
I kind of don't believe that, but I can't see Lemmy being that hard to work with, but you never know. Um, so they ended up getting a guy named uh, Peter Solly to finish the album. Uh, they toured with Alice Cooper, Judas Priest, and Metal Church on the Operation Rock and Roll tour. That was in 90 into 91. Um, January of 91, the 1916 album comes out. And then 1992, they made March or Die, another great album. Um, turned out that uh, that would be the very last album with, with Filthy Animal, March or Die. He, he actually didn't finish that album. They got some other guys to finish that album. Uh, there's different stories about why he left. Uh, Filthy had a bad drug habit, bad heroin habit, and Lemmy had no tolerance for anybody on heroin. And if you watch the Lemmy documentary, you can see why. Yeah, because he like, found like a young girl dead in like a tub or something. And when he was a young guy, I think probably when he was in the Rock and Vickers, about 19, 20 years old, he was in love with this girl and she had a heroin habit and he came home, he found her dead. And the story goes that he sat with her body for like two days. Before yeah, three days actually. Three days or something like that. Yeah, before he even reported it. So that messed him up. But... Um, at that point, they would get Mickey D, okay? And so now you had Mickey D, who was the drummer to King Diamond. Yeah. And he was a perfect fit for the band. And to be honest with you, I think he's their best drummer, honestly. Not, nothing wrong with Filthy. He's amazing. I love Filthy. But when it comes to playing, actually playing, I think Mickey D was their best drummer. Um, Dude, let me tell you, the way when you heard that guy, that those three, that, to me, I think that line was... Um, Incredible! It was um, so Campbell, it was, it was Campbell uh, D, and they, and the way they play and the speed that they play at, like it yeah. was just like fast. It was like it sounded like a fucking you know. It pretty much sounded like with the way they play. It sounded like you were riding a motorcycle because like you're hearing a motorcycle. Like a train. A guy singing or like a train. It was like unbelievable and the energy and like yeah. this little British guy. You, you, you couldn't even fucking understand him, but no. when he sings, you understand no. every single word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, like when they recorded Louie Louie in the seventies. Yeah. If you listen to Louie Louie, it's probably their version is the most understandable version of Louie Louie out there, more than the original. Yeah. You know, you can understand the words. But now at that point on the uh, on the March or Die and then into the next album called Bastards, um, they they still had the four piece. Rosal was still in the band, okay. But uh, they would release um, the album Bastards in 1993, and there were two songs on there that that really struck a chord with everybody. A song called Born to Raise Hell, which they always did in their set for the next 20 years. Um, and then there was a song, an interesting song called Don't Let Daddy Kiss Me. Okay, it was a slow song and it was all about child abuse. So, you know, Lemmy was touching on some shit that, you know, he never touched on before. Touch on, bad, lack of a better word. Right yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, that, you know, the, the prior album, uh, 1916, the, the title track is, a, is an interesting song too because it's the first time you ever hear Lemmy actually really sing. It's a ballad, you know, and uh, people were kind of like, wow, it was about going to World War One, being underage, like 15 years old, fighting in World War One. I mean, Lemmy was you very... Know, he was like a historian yeah, of he was. World War One and World War Two. Yes. They, 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 they show him some plane. He said, nah, that plane was never there. And then they start taking out yeah. books. And no, yeah, he, he, he knew his he shit. Knew. He knew his shit. Uh, he had a weird obsession with the with the Nazi because he had a lot of Nazi paraphernalia in the house. He, like, had, he had a lot of swatch stickers and shit yeah, like well, that. He, he, was he, like, collected, wow. he collected those things. Um, 
Not for a second do I think he had any kind of belief in it or anything oh, like no, that. I, it was just cool shit to collect. No, because at one point, you really think I'm a Nazi? How about my six black girlfriends or exactly, whatever that? You exactly. Know? So he was, nah, uh, he he, there was nothing. There I, was, I just think he was fascinated by that was. whole quote. There was, there was one thing I remember reading this. They didn't, t- they didn't talk about this in the documentary. I remember reading this like in uh, Rip Magazine or something back in the 80s. And he said that he felt he was the reincarnation of an SS soldier. You told me this before. Okay. And uh, it was only in one interview I remember reading that. And it wasn't talked about too much after that because I guess it didn't go over too good. But even back in Hawkwind, there's a picture of him in Hawkwind wearing a little swastika pin, which probably pissed off that band. You know what I mean? That he was doing that. But look, that was Lemmy. But, uh, all right. So, um, Wurzel would leave the band in March of uh, 95, right uh, right when the Sacrifice album was released. Uh, now you can tell, I mean, they're just pumping out albums every year, every other year. This is like a beginning of a really prolific period for the band. So now Wurzel leads, they're back to a, a three-piece, which I think is works best for this band. Um, I don't think they need four. They don't need two guitar players. They do best with the, with the one. Um, so now you've got Mickey D on drums, you got Phil Campbell and Lemmy. Um, 95, the Sacrifice album comes out. 1996, Overnight Sensation comes out. And, you know, they've been touring like crazy, uh, recording, touring. 1996, Overnight Sensation comes out. All right. Now, with this album, uh, they changed their record deal and they got a way better distribution. Uh, deal. So this album was was widely distributed. It actually did very well in the states. Uh, they would then come out, follow up in '98 with Snakebite Love, and then another live album called Everything Louder Than Everyone Else. Uh, this was a double album, and it really, I think it's probably almost as good as the Hammersmith album. Uh, it is a double album, so it's a lot more songs than on Hammersmith. Uh, that album they had a huge tour behind as well if I remember right we're talking 1998 uh, that album sold pretty good so they, they toured a lot behind it um, 2000 they would come out with We Are Motorhead and the title track We Are Motorhead was, was a song that would follow them to the end of their career uh, they would do that you know We Are Motorhead would come to kick your ass that great line um, this was the period around 2000 2001 and Lemmy was starting to get involved with uh, with wrestling. Okay, so Rob, that's your thing. What, yeah. You know, what, when did you first notice Lemmy getting involved with? Um, when he started, I think he did the song "The Game." Like, right. what's it been? The early like two thousand. Yeah, two thousand. Yeah, he plays a few WrestleMania, but he was a big um, fan of Triple H to the point that Triple H had like that. The Lemmy symbol, like the hat you were wearing. What the hell you call that symbol? You were wearing the hat last week with that weird. That let me uh your dummy hat you wore last week. What did I wear last you week? You wore a hat with that symbol. That looks like a Nazi symbol, oh, but it's oh, not. Oh, no, that was a Dick Kennedy's hat, maybe. Yeah, but uh, it got those. Yeah. That's a lot. Two points started having yeah, yeah, those. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. had like the way his gear like was like a military hat. Like a military, but yeah. his gear was pretty aimed to like almost like motorhead. Yeah, yeah. His I mean, gear, like he had those weird, those weird swastika yeah. stuff. He had it with like pretty much like motorhead. Like, yeah, he like would a motorhead, come out, like a motorhead kind of wrestling, you know, wrestling outfit. Wrestling yeah. outfit, and yeah. he would come in like the leather jacket, the black trunks. 
song. Come out to the song of the game. The game, and it was a song that he actually I said, "Can you do an entrance song for me?" And let me say, "Sure, man, I love you, buddy." And he got there, he did the song, he did a few WrestleMania, and um, yeah, and um, he's talking to Triple H in the documentary. Triple H comes out and he says, "Um, I'm talking to Lemmy one day." And Lemmy goes, "Damn, I got diabetes, I got this, and yeah, but I ain't gonna change the way I live." I'm no. going to live. I'm going to live because life is too short. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, he was too old to change yeah. at that oh, yeah. point. He probably wouldn't even know how. Um, was he going to start eating health food? He, I just couldn't he, see it. And then he, he got like uh, He gave uh, Trip Race an inspiration because Trip Race was sick of retiring after he broke his quad. Like his quad fucking like fucked up. And right. what will you do? And um, Trip Race, I guess I'm going to have to. You know, but what he did, he worked out. He got back he got and better. and got better and came back and wrestled for Lemmy another ten years. Let me say to him, "What are you going to do with the rest yeah, of your life?" Yeah, what are you going to do with Triple the rest H of your life? Like, yeah. I don't know. No, no, you got to get better. This is what you do. Uh, I mean, so, Rob, we're gonna, uh, Mike, I said, Rob, what are you saying about the Beastie Boys? Are you guys going to do this? So, we yeah, talked about, about, talk about it. We, we did. Talk about it. Plans for Beastie Boys. Yeah, I would say I would say within the next month or two. Yeah, we actually yeah. we talked about that. We last did week. talk about that this week. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love the knowledge you give me. Yeah. Insight you give me about all these different bands that I like. Right. Beastie Boys is one of my favorites. Yeah. I like the Beastie Boys. We'll definitely do that. Yeah. I just. I'll let yeah. you know. I'll let you know. I think some we just rolling around. Yeah. Maybe if you want to be on it, if you got some stuff that we don't know, let me know. I don't think I do. But don't worry, we well, take, we'll take out a bunch of stuff. We'll, we'll let you know when we're doing it, and you sit here, and if you got something to say, you jump That's in. That's why I moved <laughs> over when you started talking about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool. We'll definitely do that. So I heard what you guys were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you something. One of the jokes in the show... <laughs> Lemmy had a sense of humor. He was trying to joke. But the one joke I remember... He go, how you know the CIA didn't kill Kennedy? Because he's dead. <laughs> and how do you make a dead baby float? Which was another one that I fucking cracked up. Yep, yep, yep. You two scoop of ice cream and two dead babies. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Levy was, 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 was not politically oh, correct. Oh no, he was fucked up. No, he, he was wasn't. funny as hell. Yep, yep, yep. All right, so We Are Motorhead comes out in 2000. And uh, Best Of album also came out that year. Uh, that sold very well. April of 2003, the band was on tour for another album called Hammond. And on that tour, sadly, uh, Phil Campbell's mother passed away and he had to miss a couple of dates. So they needed somebody to fill in. Interesting enough, they used Todd Youth. Todd, Todd Youth from Warzone and, and he played a little bit with Danzig and, and a bunch of other bands. Uh, hardcore guy from Lower East Side and everything. You know, he did three gigs with Motorhead, which I'm sure... Sadly, he passed away uh, not that long ago, but I'm sure that blew his mind, you know, being in Motorhead. Um, where are we now? June of 2004, they make another album called Inferno, uh, which sold well as, as, you know, through the 90s, they, they sold consistently, enough to keep going. And, and, you know, they weren't uh, multi-platinum, 
yeah. you know, some went gold in different countries, but not much more than the that. The only thing that stopped Motorhead was because Lemmy died, because they were still touring. Because they, 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 they still toured and they still were pumping out shit. They just recorded a new album when he died. In the documentary, they show him like singing and yeah. like, he's recording and. Um, yeah. It was interesting the thing his son was in the documentary. His son yeah. looks like him but with blonde hair and much Paul. bigger. Paul yeah. looks a lot. And um <laughs> he's talking about I think I think she named I think the girl I think the girl that he was bagging named him Paul because she like had something with John Lennon and, and but then, George but, but really wanted Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, but wanted Paul McCartney, like oh yeah, my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is insane. Yeah, I mean remember, you know, Lemmy was hanging out with the Beatles. Yeah. You know, he, he knew them back in the day. Uh, just and he saw them at the Cavern Club. I mean, he was he was their age. He was maybe two years younger than Paul, or something like that. But the fucking guy played. You know, he just played rock and roll. Like he also like they were talking about. He did a lot of like he, his style was pretty much a little bit like a lot of Eddie um, Eddie Cochran, Eddie Cochran, and all the rockabilly and guys. He also loved Elvis. He said, "You want yeah. rock and roll? You got Elvis, Johnny Cash. You know, yep. like this guy was influenced by a Bloody lot of Holly. great people." But think about this guy is from England. How the hell? He, here's the funniest thing how he used to get when his fucking records, records. When order from the electronics store electronics yeah, yeah, so go yeah, to yeah, an electronics yeah, store yeah, he yeah, gives the guy yeah. money and three weeks later it would, he would, it, get it the, would be an import from they, the United States yeah. you know and that's how you, you they didn't have record stores in those oh. days who was it who was it in the documentary might have been Dave Grohl I think he says something like uh, no 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 it was Henry Rounds Henry oh, Rollins, oh, yeah. when they interview him, he says, you know, he goes, one story I love is that Lemmy actually told me, he said, I mean, I remember before there was rock and roll, when it was nothing but your mother's records. Yeah, your mother's right? records, yeah. You know? and, and he said he was Reed blown, or, blown or something. away he by that her, He called her like Reed or something. Rosemary Rose, Clooney Rose, records. Rose, <laughs> you know what was the other thing that I remember now? The, um, so there was this, this group called The Darkness. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got and I think, a war with The Darkness. And I think Lemmy... Let me, let me say, say the they album is a novelty. It's yeah. fucking nothing. It's a shit album. Yeah. And then fucking David, uh, Greg Gross from fucking Food Fighter, he's hanging out with yeah. the guy. And he brings him and over. He calls and then they have a heart attack. Oh, no, he's coming. <laughs> the guy's having a heart attack. And he's like, I still don't like your fucking album. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. You know, you know, this was the period too, like two, the 2000s, early 2000s, when Lemmy was really kind of, when he wasn't on tour or recording in the studio, he was hanging out at the Rainbow Bar. The in, Rainbow? In LA. You mean the Rainbow Room? The Rainbow Room. Yeah, it was the Rainbow, Rainbow Room. room. He yeah. And, uh, you know, in LA. And, and he would sit there and play video games and drink Actually, his Jack and play, he played, He's playing Mega Touch. Yeah. Cause people were looking at like yeah. they looked at the score and every it's, record it's had every record there. Let me, let me, let me, let me. And it's funny the the, the documentary started. He was a big video game. Yeah. You know, he loved yeah. video games. Yeah, he had him at home and everything. And his fucking son was a computer programmer. Yeah. You see that thing? He's like, the other good brain. the other son. He had a second son yeah, that they, wanted nothing to do with. Yeah, him. nothing to do and with. And that him. guy's like some kind of computer. Yeah, he's a computer. So he probably playing games that this fucking kid knows. It's knows. fucking crazy. Uh, in two thousand five. They would get their first Grammy. Uh, it was a metal, uh, best metal song. Uh, they did a cover of Metallica's uh, Whiplash for this metal compilation. And it, you know, I remember when they got it. It was kind of like, you know, no big deal because it wasn't even a Motorhead song. Yeah. You know, and Lemmy always said, uh, they just gave it to us because we're in the business for thirty years." And I think it was like a, a it was the, like achievement, yeah, a lifetime achievement. Yeah, right, right. Much. But he's, he was always mad. He's like, "Yeah, they gave it to us for a cover." He's like, I wish they would have gave it to us for one of our songs. But still nice that he got his Grammy. 
2006, they would make the Kiss of Death album. 2008, they would make the Motorizer album. And uh, that was actually recorded at Dave Grohl's place. He was becoming good friends with Dave Grohl. Yeah. Uh, Dave is actually, you he's know, cool Foo Fighters is one of those underrated bands, and they got some great songs, and they've been doing it. But the guy's like a drummer that can fucking play, play and too. play he guitar. Plays he plays yeah. everything, and he's really good. And the documentary's in there. He's there hanging with Emmy and talking to him, helping him out and shit. You know? I think, I, look, maybe I'm going to offend people by saying this, but I actually think the Foo Fighters are better than Nirvana. Oh, yeah, without question. You know, yeah. I mean, yes. I, I think that, you know, especially some of the earlier Foo Fighters stuff is, is better than anything Nirvana before. Let me tell you, the, uh, 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 um, the first two albums, Foo Fighters, maybe one day we'll do a Foo Fighter. Like, that's one of those modern yes. bands that yeah. we might do, because I know enough about them that, yeah. you know, they also were a trio. Right. They were a trio. Right, right. So, they were, yeah. Oh, they're still around. I shouldn't say were. Yeah. I think they're still they're still around. Oh no, they still play shows, but um, not as much. But they're not yeah. as much. And I think he still does album, but he also got a bunch of other bands. So yeah, he and, and, with. He, and he records with a lot of people, with yeah. produces a lot of people yeah. and stuff like that. Now, uh, 2010, they would come out with "The World Is Yours." Uh, 2013, they would come out with Aftershock. It was around this time that, that Lemmy's health was starting to decline. Uh, 2010, uh, the Lemmy documentary came out. Uh, he had just been diagnosed with diabetes and high blood pressure. Uh, which, you know... All the stuff that I had. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you know, the, Lemmy drank his whole life, constantly, and heavy. Okay, I mean, Jack and Coke every day. Okay, uh, that's what he drank. So I guess it just caught up with him eventually, you know, but still he lasted a long time before he got sick. Oh, yeah. He was like, he lasted about 65 years before he really started to decline. Yeah. You know, it was the last five years or so of his life that he started to have problems. Um, 2015 uh, would would be the final year of his life, um, sadly. Uh, they would release an album called Bad Magic, which I think is a good album. It's not a great album. It's not a good album. It's definitely a good album. Um, it, it's good. It's not great. Um, and you can kind of hear it in Lemmy's voice that he's starting to get a little weaker. Uh, there's some songs on there that he doesn't have the power in his voice. You can just hear it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a sad album for me to listen to. They did a good version of the Stones' "Sympathy for the Devil," which actually now has been uh, been in a couple commercials, like yeah. a car commercial I heard of or something. Yeah. Um, December 2015, Lemmy would celebrate his 70th birthday. Uh, he had lost a lot of weight. He was very very thin. Uh, that was early December. He started having like a, some issues with slurred speech. And the manager, his manager said, listen, you gotta go to the hospital, something's not right. And he went to the hospital and he got checked out and the doctor said, you've got maybe two months to live. Okay, because his spine and going up to the, his brain were covered with cancer. Wow. Okay. And uh, they said it's just too far gone, there's nothing that can be done. So Lemmy and his, uh, you know, his sense of humor when the doctor says you only got two months to live, he says, oh, that's it, just two months? You know, he made yeah. a joke out of it. And uh, he partied for his 70th birthday. Um, the, the Rainbow Room brought his favorite video game, 
to the apartment where yeah, he lived, which is only a few, right. And so he got to play his, his favorite game in, in his apartment. You want to hear the, his apartment was like on the Sunset, or the, uh, Sunset Boulevard? Something like that, yeah. And it was uh, rent control for $900 a month. Rent control. How did he get that? $900. He probably lived there forever. Well, he lived there for, for uh, 25 years. Something yeah. like that. 25 so that's, years. He got re- it was a record tour. Probably yeah. living there and he got it. He's like, I'm never going to find a bargain like this. No, I got no. He could have lived in a mansion. He could have lived in a place. mansion. Yeah. You know? And he was a hoarder. If you look yeah. at that shit, he had a uh, Yeah, all the, kinds the, the of stuff. The knife collection, the fucking, the, the toy collection, the yep. video game. And if you ever, anytime they show him in the fucking, um, in the tour bus, if you notice, what show was playing every time he was on the tour bus? Remember. The Family Guy. The Family Guy. He was, he <laughs> loved the fucking Family Guy. They would watch that like fucking DVDs of the Family Guy. I was, I was, I was like, was wow. Lemmy was a regular guy. Yeah. He, he, was, he was a regular guy. Um, you know, like I said, he, he, he had cancer. There was nothing they could do. Uh, about two weeks after his birthday, he passed away in his sleep. Yeah, what was it? Um, December, December 28th? 28th, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, and I remember when the news broke with that, I, I was just crushed. Oh, a lot of you people know, were I crushed. I was just crushed, and, and I was like, wait a minute, you know, they, they just can't, you know, you can't imagine, like, being into into rock and roll, and let me know, it's just not there anymore. Yeah. It's just, like, hard to believe. But you know what? He was a worry. He would say, life is too short, and this and that. You yeah. Know? He, said, no, you he, take he, he died the way he lived. He lived. He did what he wanted to do. And you, and, can't, you can't ask for anything more than that. And man. he would thanks for him because he had, there were so many other people that died before him that he partied with in the early years that they yeah. were all like, they were all well, dead. I, I have to mention, That's Filthy Animal Taylor died like about a month before him. Uh, he wasn't doing well. Uh, he had suffered a stroke, I believe. Um, but he had, you know, after he left Motorhead, Filthy Animal had a lot of problems. He was, you know, on, on heroin. He was homeless for a while. And, you know, I think eventually got himself straight a little bit. But I think he, they mentioned that in the doctor. But yeah, yeah, they didn't go into it too much. But, yeah. you know, he uh, he got himself straight a little bit, but he suffered a stroke and, and really never recovered from it. Fast Eddie Clark is gone now, too. Okay, he died last year uh, yeah. of pneumonia. And so the original... Three piece lineup is it's no gone. Point. Yeah, we talked about that. I think yeah. we mentioned that, that they're all gone. They're all gone. original lineup. Um, and then the. Well, uh, if you remember when, when Lemmy died, okay, that was that period where everybody was dying. Yeah. Okay, it, st- it started, uh, might have started with Lemmy or somebody else, then it went into David Bowie. A couple, it was all that same stretch. Lemmy died, and like a week later, Bowie died. Bowie oh, died like the beginning of 2016, January. Wow, I didn't and, realize it yeah, was... Yeah, it was uh, it was within like a two-week period or something. It's like, what the two fuck of them died. Because he died also like a few days before his birthday or after his birthday, After his too. birthday, yeah. Right, Bowie, too. Yeah, yeah. it was all around was like, like their around birthdays. Birthday. Yeah. Liver cancer, too. Liver cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And that had come out of nowhere. That was a bad, that was a bad period for music fans. A lot of people album, were dying. He did that weird album to his last... If you talk about yeah. that David Bowie, we'll, we won't talk about that Oh, yeah, album. we're going to do a Bowie show. But that uh, thing was bizarre. That's, that's going to be coming up soon, too. We're also going to revisit some girl bands. Um, we've got Atlantic City coming up. I'm pretty sure I'm going to meet you down there for a special podcast. Well, we're going to do Destiny Hendrix. We'll probably do it from the Hard Rock. So we're in the Hard All right. Rock. All right. Uh, that's coming up the first week of June. Uh, album of the week. I'm gonna go with everything louder than everyone else. The uh, the double live album that came out in '98 by Motorhead. Get it? You need it. Listen to it loud. Uh, piss off your neighbors. Yeah. I mean, it really it really is like it, it captures 
they do all the old shit. Yeah. Okay, they do a lot of old songs, but they also do a lot of new songs, which uh, a period that's kind of like not dismissed, but overlooked a little bit when it comes to Motorhead. So if you listen to that live album, you get a little bit. It's like a greatest hits, but it's live. I gotta tell you, um, it was great watching a documentary where he's playing the fucking uh, bass. He say most basses play like this, yeah. doom, doom, doom. Play it like a guitar. And then he changes some stuff, and then he's like, "This is the way I play." Then right, he, tur- he turns like, it up oh to eleven, yeah. and he's play- he's not playing with his fingers like yeah. a lot of bass players do. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, it, I love it that one guy they, they, they didn't change the audio and the one guy said oh who played Motorhead and the guy just took his fucking guitar yeah, exactly <laughs> do it the same way like, and they were interviewed that they were like on, on the, the Guinness World, World Record that oh. went as the loudest band ever I, I think they hold that record yeah. they should I, I mean I, I saw them many times and I, I was deaf for two days oh, yeah. uh, there, there was the one guy that yeah. goes with his wife to the concert we see more than a bunch of times and this is the only time that I come to this show and I know for five days I don't have to pay attention to because I can't hear what the fuck she's saying can't, can't hear your wife after the show <laughs> and dude that, I say you can't go down but me I, I think I think the documentary everybody that wants to see this documentary yeah. is on Lemmy, forty nine percent motherfucker, fifty one percent son of a bitch. Something it's like that. Great documentary. Yeah, the one, is, the one where he gave the guy crystal meth. Hey, yeah. Lemmy, hey, here's some crystal meth. Yeah. Hey, Lemmy, how you doing? <laughs> I like some crystal meth. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and they would talk about him. He would talk about taking like seven hits and seven hits of acid with Hendrix. With Hendrix, yeah. he was a roadie for Hendrix, which yeah. is fucking yeah, funny, we man. About that last week, part of his job was was scoring acid for Jimmy. Well, that's it. That, that that was his job. It was great, dude. I, like and that documentary when the, the Russian trip was like, yep. shit. He went that to was, what? That was a big deal. That was the first time they were ever there. Yeah. Uh, and there he is wearing like kind of. German Nazi style, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uniforms on stage. You know? But it's Motorhead. But you know what was the thing? You see where he wrote that tank? Yeah, the tank that was pretty impressive. That, I'm sure he loved doing that. Dude, but they fired a cap in that fire, tank. They fired <laughs> a cap, uh, a, a, a shell. Because right? he was telling us yeah. a little history. That was a small tank, and it was a tank killer. Because the yeah. gun was like it was a special it was thing. Small. Yeah. yeah, it was small, like low. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He knew his he knew his history. He, he was he was a history buff uh, and knew everything about rock and roll. Very cool dude. Um, we got some shows coming up. To talk about here. Well, let's talk about. Yeah. Uh, did we talk about last week about uh, Nashville Pussy? No, we didn't. So I, about bring it, I, bring I saw I saw Nashville Pussy uh, two Thursdays ago at the Brooklyn Ball. Uh, the Turbo ACs and Guitar Wolf opened up. Uh, that was an excellent show. Um, the Turbo ACs went on first. Uh, they're always great live. A lot of people were there to see them. And then Guitar Wolf came on and a whole big contingent of people just showed up for Guitar Wolf. And actually some of these people left before Nashville Pussy came on. So wow. that was kind of a letdown because a lot of people filed out. Oh, was that the Japanese guy? Yeah, that yeah, used, yeah. I think we did I, I talk about the guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, high energy rock and roll guitar wolf's been around for like almost thirty years, uh, and I remember seeing them at at the Continental, okay, uh, in a small room like that, and they were they were always wild, jumping the audience and everything, and and they were doing that at the Brooklyn Bowl. Uh, he brought a guy up on stage to play his guitar while he jumped into the audience. The only thing I could say about Guitar Wolf in a negative way is that you can't understand a fucking thing they say because their English is so bad. All right, they're Japanese, okay? And really, I mean, it's just like, you, you, 
You might be able to, they, they, I think they're singing. Bitches. No, they, they are sort of singing in Japanese with English, I think. I've never been able to figure it out. Uh, another band that's kind of like that is Shonen Knife, but you can understand them pretty good. They're, they're, not, as, they're not as hard to understand. But, uh, you know, they, they went on right before Nashville Pussy. Uh, sadly, a lot of people left after that. Uh, it, was a, it was like about maybe three quarters full at that point. Nashville Pussy comes on. They've got a new album out called Please to Eat You. Which is probably getting all that yeah, because their name no is Nashville Pussy. And it's their usual brand of Southern rock uh, <laughs> drug references. And, and, you know, I mean, crazy country covers and, and Ryder, the guitar player's titties hanging out. You know, so it's amazing. And uh, everybody should see that band. They've been around a long time now, too. Got so over 20 years, I think. Oh, yeah. Nashville Pussy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're still at that same level. Um, I, you also went to the show yesterday and with the, yeah, what, with the undead. I, yeah, I got uh, I got lumped up yesterday, man. I um, and you got on stage. And I got on stage. Yeah, there's. I don't know if there's any video of it. Uh, I've seen a few pictures of it. I went on stage with uh, the undead at Topkin Square Park to sing Ratfink, the old Misfits song that Bobby Steele had covered in the Undead. Uh, it was me, uh, this guy Angelo, this guy Carl, we're all good, you know, good friends, big Undead fans, and they just asked us to come up and, and scream the lyrics. So that was fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy, one of the guys came here with his girlfriend, yeah. and he told me I'm waiting for well, Michael Rock. Right, well, well that's, uh, that's what I want to mention. Uh, tonight, over in Amityville Music Hall, uh, Murphy's Law is playing with Antidote. Okay, Ooh, a couple other bands. Should be a good show. Um, Antidote is a band that's been around for a while, and Tristan, the bass player yeah. from the Undead, is also in Antidote. Ando, okay. And Rob, the singer, was was here yesterday. He was hanging out with us. Yeah. And uh, very cool band. Uh, probably going out there to check them out tonight. Um, also tonight at the Bowery Electric, the Waldos are doing the Heartbreakers LAMF album. Ooh, so that should be cool. LAMF album. Yeah. Good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Wednesday night over at Brooklyn Steel, the Distillers are playing. Uh, they're still around, believe it or not. Um, June 8th, you got Sick of It All coming up. Sick playing, of It All. Playing Irving Plaza. So there's a bunch of shows coming up. Now, we, we just got tickets you know for the Social Distortion Show. Sick of It All is a show that we, What day are they playing? Sick That's uh, June 8th. It's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. They're probably going on by the time you get off. Yeah. That might be something. Yeah, let me know. Um, let me see. I'll see you get some tickets. That sick of yeah, a great I, fucking band. I, I love shows at every Cause Plaza we, too. We, we can do it. We can do a sick of a vote show. That's a band we They've can talk about. We, social distortion. We're going to yeah. be doing a bunch of shit. Um, well, we're going to go see social distortion. Yeah, in so August. Just, uh, August 25th. That's yeah. a Sunday. I think that day we should do the podcast from somewhere else. Um, maybe yeah. we'll do it for Jeremy House. Okay. Drink some I'm big I'm buckets I'm of beer. For, yeah. I got some people that work out there. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, the other thing, I actually went to a show on Tuesday. I saw a new, a very indie band. I don't go to a lot of indie shows, but I went to this indie show. This is over on the pier, right? On the pier. Yeah. Set. What a, that's what we're going to see. So yeah. what a beautiful venue. It looks over that's the bridges. I haven't been there yet. It's the yeah. rooftop. It looks over the bridge. And um, it, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful concert. The, the show was where I saw a band called Passion Pit, and they've been around for like 12 years. Uh-huh. And I never seen a musician do that. Some girl collapsed. Went down and he called a uh, EMS and all those he people stopped that the came. Show. He stopped the show, and um, he got the girl. He he, he asked the guy, so she all right? She said she was just dehydrated. They got her. He said, yeah. "Guys, we're gonna restart the song." And he restarted where oh, he yeah. started. Yeah. 
I've been to good. a few. I've been to a few shows over the years where people have gotten hurt in the pit, uh, and they've stopped it. Yeah, you know. Um, sometimes you don't have to stop the show, depending on what's going on. You know, because uh, you know a lot of punk shows. At least back in the day, I think now it's a little different. But back in the day, if somebody got hurt, you'd pick them up. You know, you'd, if they were really hurt, you'd, you'd help them get off the floor yeah. and get out. You know, so yeah. I mean, the fact that he stopped the show definitely was was cool. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, you gave. Um, I'd say we should put the documentary for people to watch. Definitely, uh, the Lemmy documentary. You all should watch. Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, I lent you the DVD. You yeah. couldn't find it for free anywhere? I couldn't find it on anything. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it on Amazon anywhere. Like, wow, wow. I I, that won I, some awards, that documentary. I think, I, I think the reason is because of the motherfucker in it. Oh, maybe, because that's the subtitle. Maybe, ah, uh, whatever. But, Buy um, the DVD. It's worth it anyway. It's probably $20, $15. Probably 20 even less. Yeah, um, I mean, it's already 10 years old. Yeah, 10 years old. So I would try. I saw some clips on Amazon. You can see some clips on uh, YouTube. They got a yeah. bunch of stuff. But this DVD, it's a, it's a, it's a two-disc DVD. It got over three hours of, uh, of, uh, of raw material. Board. They even got a live show, I think. Because there was one where you could see them playing yeah, different yeah. venue, and it was really uh, I think, good. I think them playing in Wacken, the Wacken Festival in Germany. Uh, they always play that every I year. I watched Killed by Death. On. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they play oh, live, yeah, which was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Killed by Death's one of my favorites. So uh, what are we talking about next week? Who do we have? Okay, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, we're going to do a band that a lot of people know, but I'm going to try to bring some more information to them and that's the cause the cause yeah we'll yeah, talk about Rick Ocasek Ben Orr and the other guys and uh, get into them they were an interesting band because they came out at a time when New Wave was was becoming big and but they were one of these bands that, that everybody kind of liked that went across different genres you know they were metalheads that liked the cars for some reason. I'll yeah. get I'll get into all that. All right, so maybe next week there'll be like car, maybe a few new way bands. So yeah, all right, I'll, I'll mention other things that went uh, on at yeah. that time, late seventies and early eighties. Yeah. Um. So what else we got, Mike? Is that um? Are we wrapping it up with uh Motorhead? Cause I think that I think you gave us a lot of information. I think it was an excellent show. Thank you. Um. So next week the car we got a lot of we're doing Beastie Boys. We're gonna be doing we're gonna do uh, Hendrix. Yep. Uh, we're going Hendrix. To, um, uh, uh, I know eventually we're gonna get into a little Patty Smith. Patty uh, Smith. Sick of it all. Sick of it all. Um, we could do social distortion. We should do social distortion on the day we go see social distortion. That would be appropriate. You know. Or that we could do it the week after. That we could talk about the show. Or the week or whatever. before. Or whatever. We'll get to it. There's a lot of bands to talk about. Endless amount. And also, it's the summer. There's going to be a lot of fucking bands playing. Yep. A lot Everybody of bands are going to play. And, yeah. And, and, and also, for some reason, every day I'm seeing shows that are coming up in September. Yeah. Okay, September's going to, for some reason, there's a big month with that. Yeah. Which shows, too. Is it last time that the weather's dies? Nice, I like guess. people Yeah. Even inside venues, yeah. too, though. Yeah. yeah. So, people, have a great week. And remember, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get, get lumped, lumped up. up.